0: You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David.
1: I'm recording this towards the end of February of 2020. Almost a year ago, I started with uh, some very short blog posts that Sam Iavino would put online together with a graphic that his wife Marion would do. And I thought, well, let's utilize these things on the podcast. Why waste a resource? So they're brief meditations, and I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them, maybe comment on them as I go. And I will begin with that which was started in March of last year. The command to abide in Jesus' love is a command. A king's command is not optional. Jesus is our king, and he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him in a specific way. He died to bring us into a relationship with himself and the Father. The New Covenant says, they shall all know me, found in Hebrews 8, verse 11. How does the Father want us to know him? We are to view God through the lens of knowing his love. Any other perspective of what God is like is less than what God has in mind. Knowing the Father's love was a normal and ongoing part of Jesus' life. He understood and experienced his Father's love. It was a reality to him. As this is true of Jesus, it is to be true of us as well. Jesus gave his disciples a commandment to abide in him. He gave them the key to maintaining this relationship with himself by giving them a command to abide in his love. Because it is a commandment, We know that it's important to Jesus. It was given to people who would no longer have Messiah's physical presence. If it was valid for them, it is valid for us. The Lord wants us to live in the same way he lived. Jesus dwelled in his Father's love and wants us to know his love in the same way. Both his life and his teachings illustrate that knowing the love of God is normative and vital. Abiding in the love of God is a key to abiding in and relating to Jesus. In John 15, verse 9, we have the record of this command. Just as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. Here's a quote from Craig Keener's The Gospel of John, Volume 2. Dr. Keener wrote, It becomes clear that the sort of intimate union Jesus promises the disciples is not merely a mystical experience, but a relational encounter, for he gives it content with the term love. That's Craig Keener commenting on John 15 verses 9 through 10. This is more than some sort of a contentless Mystical experience with God. This is a real relationship. It's a real relationship and we should take seriously the command to abide in Jesus's love. Our second blog post from March of last year starts off with this When we see what God was willing to pay, we are able to appreciate what we are worth to him. What are you worth? If you were being held for ransom, what would the kidnappers ask? Someone paid a ransom for you, you have been ransomed. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6 reads like this, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man, the Messiah Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. If you were being sold as a slave, what price would you bring? Look at this word picture from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. You are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of the Messiah. You have been redeemed. Since that's so, you are beseeched by God to return to the Lord. Isaiah 44, verse 22b. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. There was provision given in the Torah to redeem family members who were sold into slavery. You can see yourself as a family member who was redeemed by God himself. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 15 goes like this. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this today. Listen, nobody pays for what they don't value. And one does not consciously overpay for something he can get for less. Currently, the most expensive car in the world is the rolls-royce septalis it is worth about 13 million dollars if someone offered to swap my house for that car i would most likely say when on the other hand if i was offered a 2004 scion which is worth about three thousand dollars for my home i wouldn't take the offer seriously when i realized that our worth to god was demonstrated in the ransom he paid It sort of took my breath away. God is not a fool. In God's true love, I wrote, Nothing is more valuable than the blood of Jesus. This uttermost price indicates your absolute value to God, the degree of our indebtedness, and the ruthlessly loving determination of God to redeem us. Back to the title of this blog post. When we see what God was willing to pay, We are able to appreciate what we are worth to him let's move along into our next blog post this would be our third from march of last year the title is being rooted in this love is key to becoming fruitful you are called to be thoroughly rooted in his love in the scriptures We sometimes find people in nations referred to metaphorically as trees. Here's one about the children of Israel in Isaiah 27, verse 6. In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and sprout, and they will fill the whole world with fruit. The entire nation is to be rooted and bear fruit that fills the whole world. This metaphor is not just applied to the nation. Jeremiah prophesied a blessing on each individual who trusts the Lord. In Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8 it's written, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. An individual likened to a tree putting down roots. Those types of verses are some background for Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. He prayed that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of the Messiah, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 17 through 19. Now, part of the process of being rooted in Jesus' love is connected to our meditation upon those scriptures that assure us of his love. When we're concentrating on that revelation, we bear fruit more easily. For instance, look at Psalm 1. There we find that being planted is connected to our meditation. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Being rooted in God's love provides stability and nourishment. Trees that are rooted in good soil produce a good crop, Let's be rooted in Jesus' love and expect to consistently bear fruit. Our next blog has this exhortation, Personalize God's Love. It's written in John 15, verse 9a, As the Father loves me, so have I loved you. This is not a fantasy. Jesus loves you the same way our Father loves him. Your conscience may compare you to righteous standards you do not consistently fulfill. Therefore, you may tend to evaluate yourself in a manner that disconnects you from the Lord's affections. Listen, you do not need to disqualify yourself from the reality of Jesus' love. Consider the spiritual, emotional, social state of these disciples. They were not paragons of spiritual maturity. Still, Jesus told those men that he really loved them. A way to meditate upon the scriptures is personalizing the truth. This happens when we deliberately identify with the sacred text. It is important to prioritize our meditations to have our minds continually transformed into the image of the Messiah's inner life. Along these lines, it is beyond dispute that Jesus knew his Father's love. And we are called to believe and experience the same thing. To help us dwell in that reality, we can train our minds and hearts to conform to this truth. Here are some examples of personalizing God's love. Find the ones with which you most easily identify and follow through. Here is an example of personalizing God's love. We're told to believe, as the Father loves me, as the fa- Jesus said, as the Father loves me, so have I loved you. So I might begin with the confession of unbelief. Here's the confession. Jesus, I do not believe you love me the same way your Father loves you. If that's the truth, tell the Lord. It's a good foundation. And believing that it's true, but sort of doubting it, Why not confess your doubt? Jesus, obviously our Father finds you to be worth loving. It is difficult to believe that you find me to be worth loving. Personalizing, as the Father loves me, so have I loved you. Meditating on it, praying it back to God. Why not ask for help? Lord Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Continuing to meditate. Praying the scripture, Jesus, you love me just like the Father loves you. Confess the truth. Jesus loves me just like Father loves him. Express gratitude for this reality. This is part of a meditation process. Lord, thank you for revealing that you love me in the same way our Father loves you. Offering praise to God for this great love. Your love for me is amazing. It's the same type of love that Father has for you. And finally, receiving by faith. Lord, according to your word, I receive your love, and I expect to experience your affection and commitment to me. Make it personal. Meditate on this. As the Father loves me, so have I loved you. John 15, verse 9a, move From, if this is relevant to you, a confession of unbelief to a confession of doubt. Ask for help. Pray the scripture. Confess the truth. Express gratitude for this reality. Express praise for this great love. And by faith receive it because it's true. It's according to the word of the Messiah. He said that just as the Father loved him, so also does he love each of us. We'll finish this series of uh, meditations with uh, the first of grasping the love of God. Grasping the love of God, we abide in Jesus' love through the presence of the Spirit of truth. More than faith, more than an experience, abiding in Jesus' love is fellowship with the Spirit of truth. Jesus experienced his Father's love through the Spirit who abided in him. We experience Jesus' love through the power of the same abiding Spirit. It takes faith to experience God's love. It takes truth to understand the experience of God's love. The Holy Spirit inspires faith, grants experience, and interprets the experience. There is Spirit-enhanced faith that leads to experience. There is the potential of the Experience from the Spirit that needs to be rightly interpreted by the same Spirit. It's all wonderful. We are to remain in Jesus' love. Abiding speaks of rest. To abide may require an earnest pursuit. We abide through the presence of the abiding Spirit. Jesus said that His Spirit would be with us forever. He is the Spirit of Truth. The Lord Jesus is not a deceiver. There is nothing subtle about his words. What is it about the nature of Jesus' love for you that is false? Nothing. Jesus loves you. This is true. And the Spirit of Truth will continually make this real to you. John 14, verses 16 through 18, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, that he may be with you forever that is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Right now, we're going to end this podcast with a song from our children's CD, a children's album called Your Love Is For Me by Lindsay Quick. We've recently put it online and I am in love with these songs all over again. And so, hang on, here is a song about abiding in the love of Jesus as a command.
0: Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers. To purchase copies of David's books, please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish, from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or for the sake of the Fathers, visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com, loveofgodproject.org, book.forthesakeofthefathers.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at Restoration Fellowship NY, Love of God Project, Love and War DH, and for the sake of the Fathers. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email David at DH. Yahoo.com As always, please remember to share Love and War and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.